It's a few more member minutes to catch up, hopefully. Yeah. Still waiting, says Mike. So how do you do that? You go live over Zoom. Zoom, yeah. Yeah, we use this Zoom platform, and uh, and it's great. Uh, you know, I've, I've done podcasting and live streaming for a long time, and, and the Zoom platform is, is terrific. So they have this... Uh, they you have can go this live. You can go, you can go live. You can go live right from... Uh, right from zoom and i'm gonna assume oh, that cool. we're i'm gonna assume that we're we're up and we're live and we welcome everybody uh, every monday we come to you this is scale up heroes we bring the best minds with the best real life experiences when it comes to scaling up businesses and with us every monday are the guests who are the heroes that took on the difficult odds and they're willing to share their experiences with us. I'm your host, Randy Cantrell. To all of our viewers, we want to invite you to visit our website, scaleupacademy.io. Today, we're going to discuss just scaling up in general uh, with some of the folks at the, top of the, at the top of the food chain in their organizations. So we, we welcome our viewers and our guests to the show. I'm going to have each of you, if you would, uh, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and your company and what you do. Just kind of paint some context for uh for our listeners i'll start with you john luca welcome well thank you very much thank you very much for inviting me here and uh, i'm john luca massimo i'm the ceo scriber and uh, i'm based in london um uh, the or better today i'm not in london as you can see probably <laughs> from my <laughs> back but um, the company is based in london and scriber is a is a protocol in uh, and an ai that records uh, bookkeeping the blockchain it's a new way to record uh, to record the accounts uh, and uh, by an AI that uh, does these boring things uh, by itself, itself helping the entrepreneur and the accountancy department in saving uh, over seventy percent uh, on time and doing this job. Uh, I started this new business from my, one of my existing business. I have a, an accountancy firm in Italy, probably one of the big five accountancy firm now. And uh, last year, when we were growing very fast, uh, we had problems in uh, managing all the data entry stuff. And we started to develop this uh, AI that can do this job by itself. And from that, we started to, to build a, a big project that now is worldwide. Uh, we just raised uh, uh, almost 13 million US dollars. We, we closed our ICO two days ago. And now we are working on the building the platforms and the software and uh, this uh, worldwide protocol that we would like to uh, to be adapted from uh, all the countries in the in the world to record the bookkeeping in the same way. Uh, so more or less, that's what I do. Well, thanks. Welcome, Said. Yeah, hi guys. I'm Said Gouda. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I started building uh, companies a couple of years back. Um, the first successful exit I had was uh, actually in Southeast Asia. I built uh, an online food delivery app uh, in Singapore, Philippines, and Malaysia that we sold to Rocket, a conglomerate out of Berlin. Um, then I got into mobile classifieds, uh, also in the same region that we also have sold uh, to uh, the bigger competitor there. In 2017, um, and end of 16, I started uh, consulting uh, a couple of 
bigger tech companies uh, for their growth. And uh, in 17, I got deeply into blockchain and now Growth Brains is helping um, growing uh, tech companies as well as uh, helping with the community building of different uh, blockchain projects. And uh, I'm also advising a few um, token sales that are around. That's for me. Give us some sense, because I know the audience is going to be curious. Give us some sense of where you're at right now, because I know people are very curious. <laughs> He's not where you think uh, he is. He's not being held captive or anything. <laughs> <laughs> we just had that conversation a couple of minutes ago. So I'm uh, currently in, in Bali, in Munduk, on some kind of mountain, meeting someone <laughs> that is very much into hiking and into uh, going into the mountains. So I'm kind of in a wooden cottage here with a pretty bad light. Uh, so no, I'm not being taken it's all right, though. It's awesome. just here out there. <laughs> it's awesome. No, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Hero. Hi, my name is Hero. I'm actually a stone's throw away from uh, Said in Jakarta, Indonesia. Uh, not in some cottage, but it's pretty decent out here. Uh, so I'm, I actually run a business development for a company called Chope um, in Indonesia. Uh, Chope is actually an online restaurant reservation platform in uh, the largest in Asia. So we are based out of eight major cities in Asia, including uh, Shanghai in uh, China, Hong Kong, Bangkok, Jakarta, in, uh, and of course, Singapore. Um, so it also, I entered Chope through, through an acquisition. Uh, I started a company uh, with my co-founder called Makan Luar in, in Jakarta uh, that we expanded to Bali. And in 2016, we got acquired by Chope, uh, which was based out of Singapore. Uh, and since then, we've been running the business in, uh, in Indonesia to help them grow that, that business. So since we've uh, been acquired by Chope, we've seen significant growth. Uh, obviously, the capital injection has helped us out a lot. Um, and uh, recently, Chope just closed an 18 million Singapore dollar round to help us fuel our expansion in Asia. Well, great. Well, thanks. Thanks, all of you, for being here. I want to kind of start in kind of a little bit of a reverse, uh, a reverse order and, and ask you to share with us and our audience some experiences with some key things that now that you look back at wherever you are right now in this scale-up journey that you're in presently, and some of you've had prior scale-up journeys, but what are some things that you wish you would have learned or discovered earlier, things that, that now that you look back, boy, it would have made a significant difference, either accelerated the growth or or just help you more easily overcome some challenges? Hero, I'll start with you. I think one of the key things I learned um, with scale is ultimately where we operate uh, in Asia to replicate our business model across the different regions in Asia is actually quite challenging. Uh, we need uh, to hyper-localize our product. And one of the key things that helps you out with that is to hire right and hire quick. One of the key mistakes that we did was we took a lot of time in trying to hire the right people and we hired wrongly uh, in certain occasions. So I think that one of the key things that we learned is about the, the critical part about growing and scaling your business is having the right team with the right work ethic and the right drive. And you have to hire them as quick as possible. Without them, it's really, really hard to, to grow your business, in, especially in Asia. Um, that's one thing I would have done differently, uh, the way I hired my people. At the very well, so, so, so what did it look like versus what you now think it, it should have looked like other than the time component and, and, and why did the time component kick in? Were you just being too picky I think, or? I think one of the things uh, when you are pressured to grow is to hire 
quick and you somehow lose that um i would say the balance between quality and speed um in t- in your hiring policy um and oftentimes what we found is we hired people that didn't have the right work ethic or the right culture fit if if that's the right way to look at it and i think that's what made it even harder um so i think how we should have done it would have been a more methodological methodological approach in by being able to filter out the guys with the right cultural fit and the right drive to be able to grow the business because at the end of the day these guys need to be able to share that vision and and be able to their own personal growth should be in line with your company growth um i think that's one of the things that we didn't look at closely at the start um because of the pressure of wanting to add more and more people but i think we've gr- gradually learned that the best way to do it is to hire quick but hire the right type of people even if you have to compromise a bit on the pace of hiring right. i'd rather hire the right people yeah said um <laughs> what i learned for me like the the biggest one i totally agree with hero because i had a similar um experience in hiring but what i learned is uh, saying no or basically looking at what not to do instead of looking at what to do um or in other words people would say focus because um in in some instances when you run a business i'll give you an example um when we ran the food business there was uh we were focusing on uh uh delivering food from the uh restaurants to the consumers directly there were so many parts that we could tackle like uh for example uh delivering to corporates or delivering um high end fine dining food and offering an extra service uh such as the delivery or what not um so there's so many corridors but i would rather pick one really simple thing uh, that would add um, either convenience for a lot of people or something that would be um, of a very deep impact for uh, a few people but really be super good at that and forget about all the fluff around it or forget about um, a lot of the different things that everyone is trying to come at you as a ceo and tells you hey we can also do this or we can also do that or actually we can also make a buck here or make a buck there um so i learned it the hard way kind of to just focus on one thing and do it really good and uh eliminate uh the fluff basically what well, was part of that just in the process of figuring out the business model i mean was part of that you know what what now everybody calls you know the pivot or or figuring out where you needed to pivot or was it something or was it something other than that um it it was it was part revenue revenue add-ons kind of a thing like we could also do this because we can do this thing then we can also do that and this and that exactly it was more of like people looking at the opportunities where to grow through uh additional revenue streams right. but actually if we focused on being more efficient let's say having a a better product that converts better or having a sales team that closes restaurants faster or having the orders going to the restaurants faster or having the marketing acquisition cost of the consumer being lower and just focusing on one corridor that would have actually um like it took us 3 months of 
here and there of a, a bit of a slowdown. And then we really took off when we cut the fat and said, okay, we don't want to print an offline magazine. We don't want to do this. We don't want to do this. We don't want to do this. We're just going to focus on those four things or those three things. For every department, you have one primary thing you do. The secondary you spend only 20% of your time on. And this is how it is. And this is what you're going to do every day. And then in right. one month, we can talk about if we're going to revisit those things again or in one quarter, then it works. But if you have like every second day, someone comes with an idea and then starts working on it. And then a week after, have another idea and start working on it. It's it's never going to scale up, basically. Yeah, the, the distractions are... Uh are enormous and a, and a big, yeah. a big time and efficiency suck for sure. True yeah. story. I was, I was a young man. I was, I was working in a, in a retail store and I had a boss who thought everything was important, right? One of those guys. And I was <laughs> set, I was 17 or so. And I remember telling a coworker, I said, you know, if everything is important, nothing's important. I mean, you got to have yeah. priorities and exactly. I have, I have lived by that. I'm clearly not 17 anymore, but it's it's absolutely true. You have to establish priorities. Yeah, exactly. Thank, thanks I, for that. If, Go if ahead. I would say, if I would say two things, if you have eighteen things on the table, I would pick one primary thing and one secondary thing, and remove the rest until one of the sixteen other ones is extremely burning. But I would pick primary and secondary, and that's it. Yeah. Well, I'm here in Texas, and to use a, a, a an American Western metaphor of of branding cattle, you know, you you irons in the fire, and here in the states, you know, we say, yeah, you know, he's got too many irons in the fire. You got to let one yeah. iron get hot enough so that you can use it to brand the cattle, you know. So yeah. it's a similar kind of a thing, John Luca. Yes, I think that's my one of the things that I would have learned earlier in my life, to be honest, uh, with my business is the the power of your brand positioning, because uh, when you, whatever you want to reach in your life, uh, uh, one more important thing is uh, who know you and uh, much more important is uh, who, who knows you. So, um, because you, you need people to know you before you're sitting in front of them. And the work that you, you, you have to do before trying to sell them uh, your product, yourself, uh, your also your project. If you want to raise money, uh, they have to know you and uh, they have to trust you. So one of the things that I I learned probably later on in my career was to 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 position myself in the right in the right place and uh, to gain the trust of the people that want to sell something to. Um, so that, that's the thing that I learned in probably in the last three, four years. And from there, I started to build my positioning with media, with press, uh, with a lot of PR. And, um, uh, it brings me a lot of people around a lot of large community. And, uh, also now when I started to, to sell my project, raising money during the ICO was really important to all the people that, uh, know me already before I, 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 I were there to to ask them money so were there, were there specific things that that you began to do in the last two to three years that you that you didn't do earlier yeah i i, I started to found uh, to find the niche a specific niche and uh, in my my case was the the taxes so to how to save money on taxes how to help people in saving money on taxes so i i became an expert in doing that and uh 
I started to to say different things from the the masses, from the other people, and uh, position myself in uh, as an outsider in giving them some advice and helping the people, adding value to these people, and also the name that I uh, I find uh, I found in that in that moment was uh, quite strange because it was a uh, tax tax apologies. So I used that this name to to gain my my position in my niche. And uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of professionals started to, to follow me. Now I have more than 150,000 people on my, on my social media. And now they trust me. And uh, when I try to sell, to sell them something, they trust me and they buy what I'm, I'm trying to sell them. So it means uh, what any kind of services, my company, my project, my tokens, my applications and uh, whatever it is. So I think that to scale, to scale fast, it's important also to position yourself and to work with a lot of PR, a lot of people that put you in the right place in front of the right people, working with influencers. Uh, so that's some key points. Yeah, it's the world we're in for sure. No, and, and, and thanks for sharing that. Um, share with us a time when your growth, and you can measure growth any way that, that you choose. It could be in product innovation. It could be in revenues. It could be, in, it could be any measurement that, that you would choose, but where growth may have stalled or where growth, you felt like growth was being threatened to stall and you took some action to counteract that. I'm, I'm curious what that story would be like, especially what you did to respond to it, what you learned from it, what you helped your company learn from it. Uh, and I'll go ahead and start with you, John Luca. What was the question specifically? What, what would you well, want to share do? share with us a time where, in your in your background in trying to scale up, you experienced a stalling growth. Growth, you weren't you weren't growing at the rate you wanted to grow. Measured any way that you choose to measure it, it doesn't have to be in revenue. You know, we we've had engineers. In fact, next week we're going to do scaling up engineering and. A lot of a lot of focus on technology and product and innovation. It, it could be a stall in, in that regard. But sometime when growth stalled, and you sensed it, and you took action, I'm curious what that story is. What action did you take, and what did you learn from it, and how did you help your company and the culture learn I, from it? I think that when you grow fast you need to find the right people that will want to grow with you and you have, as, as also hero said before you need to find these people to helping you in grow fast and faster uh, because you cannot do everything by yourself so you need to find the the a team player that want to to grow with you and that can help you in managing many things but because when you grow very fast there are many things that happens all together in different uh, areas of your business. So you need to find the right people in the sales team and so also in managing procedures and uh, the right tech guys, also the developer, because you don't have all the skills that you need when you're growing fast. So you need to, to find people that believe in the same thing that you believe and uh, help you in different but sectors. Have, but, have you, but have you encountered a time where it wasn't happening as fast? as you knew it should or could? Uh, yes, I think that find the, the people is the, the most challenging thing that you can face. So it has to, to happen. But So when that happened for you, it was you felt like it was a people issue. Yes, you could I grow, think. but the people were kind of the constraint. For sure, for sure. 
Good. I think the, the, the people is, to find the right people is the one of the most important thing that you need. To, to, yeah, to and we and we hear that we hear that week after week here on the show. It's a, it's a universal problem, hero. Um, for us, to be honest, when uh, in regards to the product and the business that we were in, as we continue to grow and the industry continue to evolve, uh, the needs of our customers became even more harder to 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 satisfy. And uh, in order to do that, we had to we had to balance between customizing on a per customer basis, which was which would uh, then hinder our scale, or to actually focus on a product, a core basic product, and then have those little customizations as add-ons for different types of clients. Now that kind of decisions actually take a long time to to ponder because you stand a chance to lose some of the big clients that actually pay you a lot of money uh, because you're unable to customize certain features for them, but. At the expense of scale, I cannot grow a business if I had to customize my product for every individual client. It doesn't make sense. I need to build a core basic product and then try to build customized features for different clients as add-ons. Um, so somewhere around, I would say mid towards end 2016, that's when we hit that, that roadblock where our product was in a state whereby we had to revamp the whole thing again and build a core that was that we could customize on a per on a per customer basis from a basic core. Um, initially, how we had set it up was that it was very custom built for different types of customers, and we could not scale that product. Even with regards to our mobile app, our consumer facing app, for the longest time we had the same app for, I think for three to four years it was the same app. There were no changes made to it because of resource constraints and our focus on the B two B side of the business as opposed to the B two C side of the business. So there came a point in time where we just had to sit down and say, look, we are not growing as fast as we should in the B2C side. We need to allocate different resources, uh, take budgets out from different departments, push it into the B2C side of the business. Uh, that infuriated some of, the, of our colleagues, but it was a decision that we had to make. Um, so you will find yourself having to make certain decisions that don't please everyone in the company. Um, oftentimes taking budgets from different departments and pushing it to another department so that you can fuel the growth of another side of the business that's extremely important for your entire organization to grow. Um, and that requires a lot of communication from, from top down. So your managers, your, the leaders in the company, they have to be able to convey that message out to the entire team to, un to let them know, hey, this is what we're doing. And you will actually see the results within the next six, seven months. Um, and the people have to be confident that you've made the right call. Now, once you, once you did that, describe what the landscape inside the company looked like once everybody had kind of settled down. I mean, um, you would find some people disagreeing at the start. So that, that took a bit of time. Uh, but eventually, you know, it was the right call. It, it, uh, we had six months of, I would say, a stall whereby we were actually going back to the drawing board, building everything from building a quality product again. Right. And then we went out there to sell this second version of our product. And now the sales have been, you know, scaling left, right. It's been much faster than it was before. So we made the right call, but we had that six months of like suffering, like right. slow sales, you know? So yeah, well, success always, uh, success always helps convert the people who weren't believers to begin with. Correct. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those things that, uh, especially, you know, when you have that six months of when you're rebuilding again and right. uh, you don't have that, you know, that growth that you want, but then you know that 
you have a six months of lull and then you can see that exponential growth once you made the right call, once everything is ready. Um, so that's when you need to start convincing your, your team and letting them know that, hey, this is the right way to go. You know, just have a little bit of patience. And then once we are ready to roll, we will, we will go all out. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's difficult. Yeah. Good. Said. Um, yeah, for I, I guess the team part was was really valid from Gianluca. I also experienced that the workflow part as well from Hero. There is one part that um, uh, we directly experienced that was not mentioned. Maybe I would compliment uh, the guys with, which is um, we were at that time doing a regional play uh, in 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 Asia, and we're trying to scale up one market. But the problem is that this market unit economics were not uh, changing the top line. So they were not really moving the needle. They were maybe moving one part of the KPIs, which is the number of items you're moving. But it wasn't really growing much on the revenue part or the top line. So we needed to switch um, kind of the markets, look for the markets that bring us the biggest top line to complement the growth in the number of orders we had. So what we did is we went to a market that where the, the currency itself is extremely strong and the basket sizes were very big. So um, that we then, that it reflected in the top line um, and it complemented the number of orders we had from, from the other market that had a weak currency. So that's something, I guess, also if you're looking at building something was or scaling in several markets be definitely very conscious about the unit economics of of, of those markets so so um you could definitely show your investors or show yourself a, a higher top line of revenue and let me stay with you side um since you're you're having a few difficulties with signal and and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up i'm gonna make this kind of the last the last question share with the audience and keep in mind that we've got people that are just scaling up and there may be just a handful of people and they're in the throes of really trying to get the initial uh, funding raised and other people that are way past that. What, what, what are some key pieces of advice that you would have for anybody who is, who's out there interested in scaling up, especially people at the top, who, who are trying to lead, who are trying to get the culture that they want, trying to build this thing that is their, is their dream. Some of the things that you've learned that you think would be valuable to share. Um, some of the concrete things that I, I think are actually common sense, but a lot of startups, like eight out of 10 startups or tech companies I've consulted make the mistake is really have first have a communication architecture and, that you communicate to the whole organization um, in a way, in a regular way. So have weekly meetings where uh, that are data driven and not opinionated. So take the opinion completely out of, of, of the, of uh, the equation. Some companies you go in and they're just, yeah, I think this, I think that just let the numbers talk. So make it extremely data driven um, and have a weekly update in terms of the numbers and let the numbers drive the business instead of, you of course have a gut feeling to it, but let 70% of the business be driven by 
the numbers. If you're going to be scaling up in six months to one year, if you have a vision of five years and you have deep-pocketed backers that also have a strong belief in the thing and, you, and you're not going to be growing um, soon, but they believe in it, fine. But if you really need to scale up fast, I think numbers are extremely important. Um, the second thing is, um, as Gianluca was saying, is the team. Um, if you have a weak arm in the team, don't hesitate to cut it off and replace it. It's going to hurt. But if you wait, it's going to hurt more because it's going to be rotten. This is how, how I see it. So um, definitely, if you think a restructure in the organization is due, start doing it. Um, I mean, if you're just before a fundraising round, it's going to be a bit hard. But I mean, as, in general, I would say um, restructure fast and, and hire, hire fast, um, but fire faster if the people don't um, fit the company. So those would be some of the points that I would definitely do. Yeah, no, thank you. John Luca? Yes, I would say I've said the same thing about the, the communication channel that you, you need to set up within your company before, before the with market. Because when you're growing very fast and you're hiring many people, and uh, like myself, for example, now we have more than 150 people in my network. And sometimes you, you, are, you are running so fast and a lot of people don't know where you are going and where the company is going. So you need to share... Uh, very often uh, the, the vision of the company and also the people that sometimes the company does because sometimes you're you are going in a direction but you uh, suddenly you, you change something and the people probably don't know the, the, the change that we have done. So share the vision is important. And also weekly update is very, very important within the company and of course uh, outside the company. So with, the, with, the, with your community, with your followers, it's really important. I think this is one of the the first thing that I, I would say, um, of course, another important thing when you're, when you're growing very fast is, is uh, to control, to monitor KPIs. So you need to monitor the performance of your team and to understand who is the members that are adding much more value to, to your project and you take care of them and uh, also let them grow within the company and give them much more responsibility to, to let them grow in the company. Because I think that the, the most important people for you will be the people that grows, that grow in the company. They're starting from to, to be a, a, you know, a simple employee and start to, to be managers and uh, to, to grow within and to share their skills with the other new people in the company where you are, uh, when you hire somebody new. So I think these are key things when you are scaling up very fast. Hero? Um, yeah, the points that uh, Said and Gianluca brought up are actually very, very re relevant. But one of the things that I, want, I wanted to share is the importance of product market fit and what your user thinks about your product, especially your power users. From the get-go, when you're, when you're a young company and you start to develop a few core power users, find out exactly from them what they like and what they hated about your product and build from there. Oftentimes, what we do is we try to look for increasing our user base exponentially without actually looking into the feedback from our core user set, how often they use our product and what they like about it and what we should improve upon. I think from the early stages, you should be doing that. You should be focusing on making sure that the product market fit is bang on uh, and that will help scale big time. 
Very good. Very good, guys. Let me uh, let me say thanks and goodbye to our Facebook audience. You guys stay right here uh, with us, and we'll say our goodbyes once we, we leave Facebook. But to everybody at Facebook Live, we want to especially thank you for being here today and giving us your time and attention. Thanks to Hero, John Luca, and Saeed for uh, sharing their insights with us. Visit our website at scaleupacademy.io if you want to learn more about us and what we do. And if you find these live streams valuable, and we hope that you do, we hope that you'll hit the like button and share today's show. I'm your host, Randy Cantrell, and I hope that you'll join us next week. We plan to talk about scaling up engineering next Monday, July the 16th. Till then, everybody have a great week.